Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, happy Father's Day, everybody, and I want to give a special shout-out to all the dads that are here with us. And while we're talking about shout-outs, how about to um, Jordan St. Cyr? We want to just again just say, hey, Jordan. So meaningful. So glad that he would be willing to join with us for that. Um, Special word today from our Heavenly Father to us and from his son, Jesus. And that at first caused you to scratch your head like, how can I get a special or a personal word from God? I just encourage you to listen for that. Now the series we're in right now is called, and it's actually taken from an analogy that comes very early in the Bible, Genesis chapter four. God is warning an individual of that which is on the outside of his life and it is knocking. He actually says this to this individual. He says, sin is crouching at the door or knocking at the door. And he's like, don't let it in. Because if you do, it is just going to cause havoc in your life. Now, one of the things I think is just fascinating about that is this proactiveness of God. God isn't just, you know, up in heaven, you know, created things, got it going, and just kind of watching as things just play out. He doesn't say to an angel, it goes like, hey, come here, you you gotta see this. This is going to be a train wreck, you know? That's not what God does. In fact, he, when he sees that danger, when he knows there is something on the outside knocking, trying to get in, and he's like, don't let it in. Jesus is sounding a warning for us. A very similar knocking at the door that he goes like, if you let this in, it is going to suck the joy out of your life. And it is going to rob you of that which God so wants. His shalom, that is God's peace, God's fullness, God's wholeness in life. Let's take a look at this word from God to us. If you happen to have a Bible with you, let's go to Revelation chapter three. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, grab your phone, open it up. If you've got a way to take notes today, there's a couple things I'm sure you're gonna wanna write and jot down with this. Here in Revelation three, when you go down to verse 14, you see these words. To the angel in the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the amen. The faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. In other words, these are Jesus' words spoken to this church. And he says, now I know your deeds. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. And I wish you were either one or the other. And so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you or spew you, literally, out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. In other words, we're good. But you don't realize, Jesus says that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. Jesus said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest 
and repent. Now, if your Bible's open, just keep it open because we'll come back and look at a little bit more in just a minute. But first of all, just two notations from that which we read. The first thing you'd want to note here is that there is no commendation. That is, there's no good thing. There's no shout out that Jesus is giving to this church. And this is the significance of that. Jesus has now spoken to seven churches. This is the seventh. And he gives seven messages to them. They're contemporary churches of that day. They are all extraordinary churches of their day. They're all about 30 to 35 years old. They've been making a difference. And Jesus speaks a word to each one of them personally. And to every one of them, he says, this is what I want to say. This is good. This is the compliment. This is the commendation I'm giving to you. Until he gets to this last one. And there is no good word that is spoken at all. Yikes, right? And then there's the call out. Jesus said, this is what's knocking. This is the issue that I have. And the specific issue that Jesus is addressing with the church here, this lukewarmness, we today would label as apathy. And apathy is the greatest spiritual threat that we face. Now let me say that again. Like, really, guy? I mean, the greatest spiritual threat that we face is that? Yes. Apathy is the greatest spiritual threat that you and that I face in my life. And it is something that just continues a knocking or trying to get and work its way into our life. Why is it such a threat? Why can it be so devastating? Because Jesus would point out here in just a short amount of time, this church that was extraordinary has become anything but. Jesus would say, you don't have to worry about the second generation because the first generation is now short-circuiting the faith of that which would come after as well. That's what apathy can and will do. If you look at the word itself in the Bible, this word, so Bible is written in um, Koine Greek, the word would be apatheia. Now, apatheia is a compound word. The first part, ah, means without. And then patheia would mean to have passion or zeal. So apatheia is without passion, without zeal, without energy. In other words, it's just indifferent. It's kind of a you know, nonchalantness. We would use this word. We would say, it's just meh. Now, I thought about putting an exclamation mark on the end, but then I realized it'd be an oxymoron. Because <laughs> you can't have meh with passion, so it isn't like, oh, that's meh. I'll say it once with me. It's now, why is Jesus so worked up over meh? I mean, do you think we get a little bit of a, you know, overreaction to what Jesus is saying? He said, when this is in your life, it's like having curdled milk in your mouth. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the experience before. Maybe you weren't paying attention when you poured the milk on your cereal and you took the first bite and you realized there was something in your mouth that shouldn't be there. Maybe you took a drink from a cup, or if you're the type of person that goes to the refrigerator, just grabs a jug, opens up and takes a drink, and all of a sudden you realize, there are curdles in your mouth. How many have ever had this experience? 
Did you even think you were gonna swallow? I mean, as soon as you feel it in your mouth, what is it? It's like, get it out, get it out, get it out. Now you go like, is Jesus overreacting? He's like, lukewarmness, apathy, but bleh. Well, we already know what it can do to a church. But personally, Jesus realized what apathy does is it brings a spiritual numbness to you. It's like a spiritual lidocaine. I realized just how devastating this could be in a person's life when I had COVID. So I got COVID back in 2021. And when I had it, it was a very unusual sickness for me. Now, some here, I mean, you got really sick and you were in the hospital and we lost loved ones to it. That's not how it affected me. In fact, I was like a day or two into COVID when I just lost my appetite completely. Now, I didn't lose my sense of smell, didn't lose taste, and I wasn't nauseous. I just had no desire to eat anything at all, so I just stopped eating. And then things just kept getting darker in my life. For me, I mean, I'm at home, and, you know, like, I had no desire to watch TV, a movie, a, you know, play a video game, uh, read, um, watch anything on YouTube, but I mean, just, I just had no desire at all. Something that's characterized my life for over 50 years. You know, I've opened the Bible and just read something out of the Bible each day. I had no desire. I mean, when it came to, you know, look at the Bible, and I just literally, I mean, I look at the Bible and go, like, go on and read this today, and I'm just like, meh. Verse of the day, meh. You could have told me, guy, your garage roof has collapsed, it's crushed your cars, the insurance isn't gonna cover it, and you know what I would have said? Yeah, I'm, whatever, I don't, I don't care. We were only about three weeks away from Easter when I got COVID. And so I started getting texts, you know, several days into this. Hey, do you think you're going to be back for Easter? Now, if you've been around uh, Fox River for Easter, you know, Easter is like, a, it's a, just a huge celebration. One of the great, you know, great, great times of the year that we look forward to. And this is 2021. Previous year, right, it got canceled, right? We, church got canceled because, you know, COVID hit the country and everything shut down. So this was going to be the restart up and people coming back together. I mean, it was a super exciting time, except when I got those texts, you think you're gonna be back for Easter? Do you know what I felt? Man. I really, sincerely, I couldn't care less. And when I realized that, it shook me to the core. Now, I was not suicidal. Nothing, I mean, nothing like that but I just didn't care about anything. I felt about life. It was just, meh. Been there? Now, Jesus said, there's another effect that apathy would have in our lives, and that is that it can bring about a self-deception. See, if you'd ask the people that made up the church of Laodicea, hey, How's it, going, how's it going for you? How's it going spiritually for you? You know what they would have said? They'd have said probably the same thing you do. Hey, how's it going for you? You're like, it's good, right? You know, it's great. Like, we're good. And Jesus is like, 
what? I mean, they're like, we're rich, right? Remember reading it? We're rich. We have need of nothing. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You are poor, naked, blind. How can you not see it? It's because self-deception is the worst deception, is it not? Which makes this trickier. Because if apathy can lead to self-deception, how do you know when you got it? So if you just take a quick peek at this list up here, here's some factors. I mean, we all, as we look at these, I hope would go, that's good stuff, right? Anything on the list you'd say like, oh, went nothing to do with that. You know, no, no, no. I mean, you just like, like, yeah, I'd be for everything that's up there. Now here's where we start to test ourselves. Take the first one. Take like um, a daily prayer. Um, is daily prayer a good thing? Yes or no? Everybody? Yes. Yeah, for sure, right? But if I were to ask you, how are you feeling about in your life praying daily? Some of us would just go, yeah. Reading your Bible? Like, that's a good thing. But, meh. I mean, we like church attendance. Hey, you gonna be at church next week? Ah, we'll see. I mean, right, meh. Like, if I get here, like, that's a good thing, but if I don't, eh. Or, it's even like, some of us are sitting here right now, and it's like, we made it to church for whatever reason, but the whole thing is just kind of like, meh. Looking like, thinking about, eh, maybe something later going on. Do, do we talk about Jesus? Like, talking about Jesus is good. I mean, people need Jesus, right? But me doing it, eh, quite honestly, I'm just kind of, meh, when it comes to it. Jesus, crucified, risen, resurrected, Savior, hope of the world. How do you get, like, how do we get there? There's a book, Overcoming Apathy, by um, Uki, I love that name, Uki Anazor. And he made this observation, I thought, huh, I think you may have something there. What do you think? He said this, he goes, buckets of time looking at screens with almost no time in spiritual habits or disciplines equals meh in our lives. Now by screens he means, you know, TVs or movies, you know, uh, video, it could be video games, it can be, you know, YouTube, it could be, you know, just social media, anytime we're just on our phone, you know, buckets of times on screens, but no time invest in the other. And next thing you know, we're just kind of at this meh place in our life. In fact, he said this, there is a paradox in apathy. He goes, that we will engage, this is so convicting, I thought, we will engage with vigor, things that are peripheral, trivial, and are bored by the things that are at the core of who we are. Been there? Felt that in your life? Now, this certainly would not characterize Jesus. In fact, if we would finish reading here, we read these proactive things. Jesus said in verse 20, he said, here I am, to, to the apathetic, to the, you know, these that are, you know, this is taking place in life. He goes, I am here, and I'm standing at the door, and knocking. He said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, 
I will come in. I will eat with that person and they with me. I will come in. I will make a difference in their lives. Verse 22 says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, if you were to ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, do you think apathy is a sin? I mean, first of all, we gotta ask ourselves, right? How many think apathy is a sin? Like, I mean, it's not a good thing, right? But I, I don't think I'd call it a sin. But Jesus would go like, I beg to differ. In fact, when we relook at verse 19, when he said, those that I love, when I see something, I rebuke and I discipline. So he said, I want you to be earnest and to repent. When Jesus calls us to repent, it's because they're, you know, we are repenting of a sin that has come into our lives, that which is keeping us from God, breaking you know, fellowship with God, like I've got to repent of this. I've got to change my direction and turn back to him. And then he said, I want you to be earnest. Now, I think it's a little deceiving there because it's actually a treasure that's in that word, earnest. You know, what's it mean, be earnest? The original word here is zealous. And zealous, get this, literally it means to boil. This rolling boil. Remember what Jesus said? You kind of, I mean, you are lukewarm. I want to call you back up to boiling. Zealous, it means to be zealous. To have passion again over things that are significant in your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 said this. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. This is a verse that I saw at the very first of this year. I really thought, this is God's word to me for 2023. And I've written it in the front part of my journal. It's a word initially written to the church, to the average person in the church. This is one to the leaders. This was like to Joe Average. Never be lacking in zeal. And when I ask the question, like, why did you know, this word go forth? It's because this knocks at all of our door. Apathy is something that you are always going to find knocking, trying to get into your life, begging that you'll just open the door a crack and let it come in. Jesus, don't open the door. If I could, just because it's Father's Day, a dad-to-dad -dad word real quick. Dads, I think we have no idea of how spiritual apathy can affect our marriage negatively and affect our family as well. Certainly, it's not a guarantee that if you have this spiritual fervor, you don't become spiritually apathetic, that everything's gonna go great in your marriage. I mean, right, everybody's, you know, we, we grow together, we got problems. There's no guarantee that if you maintain this spiritual zeal, that your kids aren't gonna make a bad decision and go, you know, go off and you know, run as a prodigal. There's no guarantee of that. What there is a guarantee of is that we're going to have a source in our life that's gonna help us for sure to be a better husband and to be a better father, and it's going to be a mark that they could return to. I just wanna ask the dads this. Do you think your kids believe that you believe what you say that you believe. Your kids may not believe it. Your kids may be adults, but when they look at you, are they convinced 
Well, I don't know if I believe it, but I know my dad believes what he says he believes because you can see how he lives it out in his life. It's not a spiritual way, meh, which is zero appeal to those that are looking to us. It really makes a difference. And to dads, to get this zeal, just even about fatherhood, because it's easy to drift into let somebody else help with our kids and raise our kids and take care of them, right? I mean, you know, we look to school, you know, you need to educate my kids. We look to our wife and our wife and you're just kinda like, hey, you're better at this than I am. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you take care of the kids and I'm gonna go and I will make a living for us and I'll provide for us and you, you just kinda take care of them that way. Maybe when they're older, we'll spend a little bit of time together. It's so easy to slip into that. Of course, I want us to step right back into with zeal, being the dad that we can be. This fight that we fight against apathy, it's always gonna be a spiritual warfare because we're gonna fight it in our soul. One of the things we're gonna fight against is our own flesh, which means... The Bible talks about the flesh, not flesh bone, but it talks about this spirit that we have of resisting God, ignoring God in our lives. And we all got it. And so we have to be intentional to say no to our flesh so that we can say yes to that which is meaningful in our lives together. I think these words are words that we can speak out as we step into that which Jesus would want for us. Two verses, and I'm gonna ask you to read them with me. The first one is Romans 12, verse 11. Would you read this out loud with me, everybody? Ready? Never be lacking in zeal. I think we could do better than that. I'm gonna start it again. Ready, everybody with me? Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And then these words from Revelation chapter three. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus said, I know where you're at. I know what's happened. And I'm calling you. Repent. I don't want this or the effects of this in your life. What I want for you, Jesus would say, is I want you to experience life to the full. I want you to experience the shalom of God. Peace, fullness, wholeness, blessing. That's what I want for you. And so, I will not be apathetic. In fact, Jesus almost switches up this analogy for us in this. He said, I know it's been knocking on the door, trying to get in, and it has. And so now, to those that have let apathy in, Jesus said, now I stand at the door and knock. Now he's not gonna kick the door down. He's not gonna pick the lock, but he waits. And Jesus said, I knock. And if we've let apathy in, then we can repent. 
we can again take up the zeal that Jesus brings with him. You've never received him as your savior. Here's the, here's the word that Jesus would say for you. I have been pursuing you. This is not the first time that I am knocking at the door of your life. But I have been knocking and I will keep knocking. I not only went to the cross for you, I not only risen for you. Man, I just don't stand back now and go like, okay, if you want the gift of life, here I am. And if you don't, meh, what, I mean, whatever, go to hell. She I mean, Jesus doesn't say that. He said, I went to hell for you so that you never have to experience that. And I knock. So in this closing prayer, we'll actually split it. The first part, if we found apathy has crept into our lives, we're just gonna repent. We're gonna confess it before God and we're gonna receive forgiveness. And we're gonna take up zeal again. And if we haven't received Jesus yet, and you're ready to, understanding that he died on the cross for you, he's risen again but it's up to you whether you open yourself up to him. If you're ready today, then I'll help you in that prayer too. Would you join me in this prayer? Lord Jesus, as we listen to your spirit, as we look into our lives and realize there's way more meh than we want. We are focused on triviality in our life and we are missing some of the core matters. Thank you that you brought this to our attention and we confess it as sin to you today. Please forgive us of the sin of apathy, the sin of lukewarmness. And we ask you, as you come in, for help and passion for that which matters. And then Lord, for those that are ready to call upon you as savior. First time ever but they're ready, Lord. And this is your prayer, Jesus, I realize I need you in my life. And I know that you've been knocking and I have not been opening. Today, I wanna to open the door of my life to you and ask you to be my Lord and Savior. If that's your prayer, friend, I wanna ask you, would you just lift up a hand in acknowledgement of that? Today, I'm asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior because I need him. God bless you. Others. Thank you for saving grace, Jesus. Thank you for answering each and every one of these prayers that have been made. And may we now experience life as you intend for us in the struggle with zeal and hope because of you. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.